Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors here at 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great pre owned inventory. And also a fabulous service department. Routine maintenance or something you got to take care of. Uh, they get it done. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The opening half hour was um, admittedly a sad exercise and somebody who obviously has not turned the corner on Wednesday. It's Thursday now, and you are still a bitter dude. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Probably not from the Eagles. Butler on the left side. Backs down Kemba Walker in the lane. Back to Tyler Russell with a layup and in. And we'll get a timeout. Miami up 107-98. Tyler Hero takes the dish pass there from Jimmy Butler. He's got 35 and Miami on top 107-98. That's right. Uh, the call last night uh, as the Heat won it over the Celtics, 112-109. Tyler Hero had 37 last night. You know, he was at Kentucky. He could really shoot. And I thought, all right. And he opted to go to the draft. And I thought, well, okay, he'll probably be drafted. But, you know, I mean, he'll, you know, he'll probably because he can shoot. Did I think he'd be this good? No. But you know what's interesting? Look at the rookie of the year balloting. His teammate finished second. He didn't. <laughs> oh. Man, they played well. Bam out of bio's playing great. Jimmy Butler, give him credit, he's playing really well. And Goran Dragic has been really good. And obviously, he's he had 37 last night. I mean, Kendrick Nunn, his teammate, who was who finished runner-up to John Morant, <laughs> didn't have that kind of night. <laughs> Zion, by the way, finished third. If in case you're wondering, all right, all right. So I I said, people have asked me, and I just did an interview with somebody in, in Madison last night about calling games in an empty stadium. And I said, look, for me, it's not really any different. I'm going to call the game exactly the way I call every game. And you have a lot of fans going, oh, no. <laughs> he is. I'm going to call every game like, like I normally do. And as for calling games with empty arenas, when you have to do holiday basketball tournaments in different locales Cancun, wherever it may be you have so many different starting times and usually there's nobody there 
Yeah, Cancun had a few people, but I've done tournaments where, you know, it's an 18 tournament. You've got the 10 a.m. game. The 10 a.m. game? You know how many people were in the building for the 10 a.m. game? I've done the 10 a.m. game, what, three, four times in my career? You just go in and do it. It's a game. You don't even think about the people being in there at all. I do have a quick story I do tell everybody. This this is, of course, the brilliance of Dick Girardi. We are doing a tournament in Milwaukee in the old Bradley Center. The Bucks have since moved out of their brand-new building the last two years. But we're in the Bradley Center. And it's an 18 tournament. It was the Black Coaches Association tournament, the BCA. So we're playing in Milwaukee. And we played on Sunday. In fact, we played Sunday evening. We had like the 6 o'clock game or something like that. Well, the next day, we had to come back and play the noon game. Noon on Monday. And remember, noon Monday. And they're playing Western Carolina. So they come over at one point. They give us the box. I don't know. This is probably the under four timeout. And and on the bottom, attendance, 324. Okay. 324. Now that's 74 above what the governor says you're allowed to have. But, you know, this was years ago, Governor Wolf. So just slow down. So attendance, 324. The next day, Penn State has to play noon again against South Carolina State. So now it's noon on Tuesday. Under four timeout comes up. They hand us the sheet again. Attendance, 323. So I said, uh, Dick, uh, ended up being 323 today. He goes, 323? He says, what happened to the other guy? So I've been in that situation many times. And you don't bother thinking about it. Once the game starts, do the game. Now, is there something special about walking in to any stadium, seeing tens of thousands of people there? Of course there is. Right? Going into an arena and seeing 15,000 people? Of course it is. It's so energizing. It's great. You got the greatest job in the face of the earth, and you got people in there who, who enjoy it as much as you do all around you. It's, it's great. But in this case, you got to do the job, just like you got to do the job if you're doing a Penn State Yale game in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that people in Chattanooga don't care about, which I've done. Or whether you have to do a game in an empty stadium, you just go and do the game. I mean, Matt's just beginning his career. Well, you've done 1.2 billion games like I have, Matt. You've been in almost every situation. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not as much of a big deal because of that. It's not as much a big deal because of that. All right, couple uh, notes for you uh, to move forward with here. We mentioned that Penn State's already made has now made the transition into. Actual preseason practices, which is great. 
they started that yesterday. Next one's on tap for today. Joe Lorg will be the football guest in the last half hour of the show tonight. Carolyn Keeger on women's basketball in the opening half hour. So we've got a lot going on there tonight on the show. Congress has introduced a name, image, and likeness bill. Okay. So now let's see what they want to do with it. Uh, Name, image, and likeness has not been talked about in the last few months because COVID has dominated every story with starts and stops and so forth. The bill's been co-authored by Congressman Anthony Gonzalez, the former wide receiver at Ohio State, and Emanuel Cleaver, a Democrat from Missouri. So this is a, this is a bipartisan bill. It provides some restrictions on the types of products or companies college athletes would be allowed to endorse. It stops short, though, of implementing all the restrictions that the NCAA and other college sports administrators have asked Congress to help impose. There'd be a 13-member commission whose role would be to recommend ways for legislators to change the law uh, in the marketplace. As Gonzalez said, we're going down a path that we've never gone down before. The congressmen both said they hope to bring the bill to a vote sometime early next year. The NCAA has responded by making change, plans to change its current rules and by asking Congress to create a federal law that would avoid differences in state laws that might give one group of schools an advantage over another. Under the law proposed by Gonzalez and Cleaver, athletes would not be allowed to sign a contract with companies or brands related to alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, gambling, or adult entertainment. The law would also give the schools the power to prohibit athletes from wearing anything that promotes one of their endorsers during games or other university-sponsored events. The Federal Trade Commission would be in charge of enforcing all aspects of the law. The proposed law does not include any restrictions about athletes signing deals with the competitors of companies that sponsor their school which is a provision that some of the college sports leaders wanted. For example, Matt's a great quarterback, aspiring, by the way, to replace Carson Wentz in a heartbeat. (laughs) And the school that Matt's at is a Nike school. Well, this bill would not prohibit him from signing a deal with Under Armour. But you will not be able to wear Under Armour during games. You can't do it. That's a, that's the school. Now, Gonzalez, they debated back and forth as to what to do about that, and they said, look, they just think it would be unfair to the athletes, so they're going to let them do it. But again, here's going to be the issue. You can't pull a Michael Jordan at the Olympics. You just can't do that. You know, Jordan, Bird, Magic, they were all Nike. But the sweatsuits that they were wearing for the medal ceremony were all Reebok bought the rights to it. So Tom McGrath, who is now here at Penn State, brilliant, brilliant guy. 
He's with USA Basketball at the time, 1992 in Barcelona. So they got to figure out what to do. So Tom had one of the assistants, one of his assistants, hey, look, go around the arena, find as many American flags as possible. Right? They found enough American flags, and those who were Nike wearing the Reebok warm-ups took the American flag and they draped it over the Reebok logo. That's the solution Tom came up with. Well, a college athlete can't do that. They can't sit there and say, hey, look, I'm wearing this uniform that has a swoosh on it and I'm with Under Armour. So they're, you know they're, they're gonna have, if under this bill they're gonna have to live with it. Gonzalez did say there is a real concern that you could find yourself in a world where institutions or conferences have captured the whole market. I thought the cleanest thing to do was to pull that provision out, and if it does become an issue, we can address it later on. My sense is that it won't. The bill explicitly prohibits schools or universities from paying their athletes directly. Cleaver, however, said he hopes that name, image, and likeness rights will be an interim step on a path toward eventually giving college athletes an opportunity to be paid like professionals. Uh, boy, I don't know. Okay. It's the... In anything in life, anything, pro or con, love or loss, what's really important? Timing. Timing means so much in every phase of our life. Pro, con, love, loss, timing. So now let's say, okay, what does that have to do with this? The timing of that thought process is bad. And here, I mean, here's why. How many employees at Ohio State got laid off or furloughed this week? How many sports have now been dropped by universities in the last six months? If you're going to pay student athletes, in football and men's basketball, you're going to pay them. You're going to run into Title IX issues. But in order to make ends meet, because these are not, these may be multi million dollar businesses that are involved here with college football and men's basketball. But the way it works is the money goes to all these other places where, in the end, yeah, do you, you turn a rainy day profit? You're not profiting off of this. You're turning this into a rainy day profit. In other words, a little bit of excess there in the bank in case something goes wrong, we've at least got it to cover it. Right now, you have sports on the intercollegiate athletic level. And I don't mean football or men's basketball. They're walking a tightrope right now. They're walking a tightrope. They, you know, they... They don't know what to do about the future of their sport. This kind of proposal, not the proposal, name, image, and likeness is, is perfectly fine, but the comment by 
by Congressman Cleaver out of Missouri is that it's an interim step on a path toward eventually giving college athletes an opportunity to be paid like professionals. And I'm sorry, the, t- the timing of that statement's all wrong because look at the climate we're in. And we just went through a series right now. We're in the Big Ten. Everybody is not just happy, but they're relieved that they get to play. And athletic departments all across the board, every one of them this year, is going to lose a pile of money. So the timing of that comment is all is all wrong. Remember, timing means everything. The timing of that statement doesn't fit with the times. Maybe down the road, but not right now. Everybody's right now trying to get themselves on some sort of path to stay afloat, and then they're going to try and get on some path to recovery starting in 2021 if they can. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. So I'm listening to the uh, AARP commercial, Matt. You know what it's like when you turn 50 and suddenly that shows up in the mail? You're like, really? Yeah, it's not it, flattering. Really? I've heard. Yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> Sends a message. <laughs> I, you know me. I've never once cared about age in my life, ever. I never have. So these are the two headlines back-to-back. Bipartisan federal name, image, and likeness bill introduced for college sports. The the next headline is, very next headline, NC State Wolfpack to use pay cuts furloughs to make up for shortfall. Remember what I just talked about timing? Yeah, that's bad. Then, okay, Tennessee is adding two years to Jeremy Pruitt's deal at Tennessee with a $400,000 raise per year. Now, Pruitt, to his credit, said, hey, look, I'm not taking a raise this year. He came out right away and said that. But, again, the timing of that doesn't look good. Now, I understand why Tennessee did it. I mean, they won their last six games last year. They feel like maybe they've got something going here. But timing. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, fabulous service department, great deals to be had. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. So I'm listening to the car wash ad this time. You know, I was the one that suggested the acting lessons. 
Because I thought it would get him out of the house. <laughs> I, I, so what you're saying is it needs a little work still. I don't know if there's anybody who could use that many lessons. All right. Uh, Oh, boy. You know, then I suggested, you know, for weight loss, why don't you go running? He goes, I don't think think I'd be very good at running. I said, well, no, you've run for reality your whole life, so what's the difference? All right. Alright. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Alright, so let's get back to this for a second. Um, as I mentioned, timing means everything, a name, image, and likeness. The idea if football and men's basketball were the only two sports out there, and that was it, then I'd be one of those people who'd be out there saying, hey, look, they're making all this money off of this thing. I mean, they should be getting more than just a stipend for it. But that's now how it works. And essentially, there are two programs and then a third one that can handle its own. Football and men's basketball. And here, men's ice hockey turns a small profit. All right? Nobody else does. So the idea that you would now have to pay football and men's basketball players, again, if they're the only shows in town, that's it, football and men's basketball. Bowl games, NCAA tournament, college football playoff, all right. I got it. But that's not how it works. And you just can't make money at the other sports. You just can't. Penn State wrestling is a perfect example. You can't have a better program, can't have a better head coach, can't have better wrestlers, can't have a better reputation than Penn State Wrestling. And they sell out every single dual meet. But in reality, it is, to the fan, a financial mirage. The fan right? The fan looks and sees a sellout, and they think, hey, the, the program is rolling in dough. They're doing fine. They're self-sustaining. I've had people at speaking engagements, not often, it hasn't happened that often, but have said, yeah, wrestling's the number two sport. They need to, you know, you know, pour more resources. And I said, I said, what? I've had, I've even had people say, yeah, I just drop men's basketball. I've actually had people say that to me. And I said, what? I said, how many other sports do you want to drop? Well, what do you mean? I said, men's basketball turns a profit that supports men's basketball and a few others. Well, wrestling, I said, no, loses about a million a year. What? No. Seen the numbers. Because it is it is a mirage. You see a sellout. And you justifiably assume, justifiably assume that they're that they're rolling in money. It's just 
it's not a reality. So much that goes that goes into it. It's it's you know, in terms of the expenses and everything like that. It's and kale. Kale doesn't spend money. Believe me, if you had somebody out there who's like, oh, hey, I want more, I want more, I want more, then they'd be losing a lot more money. But kale is very physically responsible. Very. And when you see a program like Penn State Wrestling, which is the best program, period, in the country, I mean, they're, you know, look, they're better than Alabama football, Clemson football, they're better than Duke basketball. I mean, because look what they've done the last 10 years. Nobody's done that. In the last 10 years, nobody's done that. Nobody. All right? So you can argue they're the best. And even being the best, you still lose money. And it's not just a few dollars you lose. You lose a decent amount of coin. But that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly acceptable. Because the system is built... So that you could you make whatever you can make out of football, you make whatever you can make out of men's basketball, and then that determines how you then invest in your other programs in your athletic department. That's how it works. It's perfectly fine. If football and men's basketball players now are getting paid beyond the stipend, you are gonna have to drop sports. And right now you've got people struggling to keep their staff, you've got people struggling to keep sports. You know, for example, I was talking to Jeff Cook, the men's soccer coach, last night. And Cookie, you know, first time he says, hey, Steve, not everybody in the Big Ten is men's soccer, which is true. Not everybody does. We've already seen Iowa and Minnesota. I believe Minnesota did the same thing. Drop men's gymnastics. Like, e. Yeah, I... I don't want anybody dropping sports. And I think one thing that we found out is that when seasons were put in jeopardy, how badly the football players wanted to play. But athletic departments, I, mean, I think the assumption is made, look at this, there's 110,000 people here. Look at this, you know, the, the rec hall sold out for the... Like basketball had its biggest crowds in years. Okay? Well, basketball made money last year, but not as much. In fact, I was really interested to see what the, the numbers were going to be with a full NCAA tournament. You just get your cut from the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's not a... It's not... You, know, you, can, you can help out the overall cut for your conference by advancing rounds called units. But... Because the attendance was higher, and I was I was able to see what the difference was. Well, now because of the cutback and everybody's NCAA tournament cut, that's going to be a little different. But they are not rolling in cash. These are not when they talk about nonprofit intercollegiate athletics, except for a rainy day fund. And everybody needs a rainy day fund. And the last time I looked around, right, the last six months it's been pouring. But everybody needs a rainy day. That's what they have is a rainy day fund. The, 
They're not going out and making investments with Bank of Canada. Oh, wait, the State College School District did that. Um, <laughs> uh, different story, different day. Didn't go well. Um, so, that's why when you see full stadiums, you see full arenas, you see games on TV and so forth, you make assumptions. And it turns out that, like many things, the assumptions aren't right. So, if it was just a football, men's basketball thing, I'm looking around saying, yeah, you know what? Boy, they're making all this money and they're pocketing all this money or doing whatever it is with all this money. I could see paying them. But when I see it having to be spread out to 29 other programs, all right, to make sure that they have the opportunity to compete, that's where I get a little antsy about it. It's one thing in, in doing the roar features for. Uh, the Penn State football and basketball TV shows. You really get a chance to meet and talk with more student-athletes than ever. And you appreciate the fact that they really appreciate being here and the opportunity they have. And that's why when you look at a full stadium and you look at a game on TV and you look at a at a hugely attended game in an arena and or see that game on TV you say to yourself hey it's giving these other young people an opportunity because I've had to I've done what 88 of those in the last four years that's a lot of different people to talk to and get their perspective and it's helped my perspective even more about the overall athletic mission here also has made it Believe it or not, easier for me to, to interview even their coaches because I have a better perspective on it. But when Ohio State has to cut jobs and furlough, when NC State faces a shortfall so they do it with pay cuts and furloughs, you're telling me now that you think athletes should be paid? How many sports would be dropped if that happened? And would your favorite sport be dropped? If it wasn't football or men's basketball, that aside. Of those other 29 sports, there are people here that, that love so many different programs. What if they dropped your program? So the uh, the Pac-12, the Mountain West, are meeting today to discuss what to do. The Mountain West is looking at an eight-game schedule, although Air Force might only play seven because Air Force does have the commander-in-chief trophy games. So they might not play the full number of games. The Mid-American Conference meets tomorrow looking at a six-game schedule. So they're looking at a six-game schedule for the uh, Mid-American Conference. But they just want to get out there. They want to play. They just want to play. Completely understand that. You've done this your whole life. And that's one thing they've found that 
suddenly you know you found over and over again when this when everything got threatened how badly these young people want to play because they all would have stayed on scholarship that's fine but we've now found out in no uncertain terms how badly they want to play that's important there's a real passion there's a real passion in young people about playing which uh, more than ever we've seen all right, so Rondale Moore at Purdue is the latest to say that he is coming back to his team. Rondale Moore um, has announced that he is coming back to play Purdue football. So one by one, they've been coming back. Now you're saying, okay, Rondale Moore is back today. Rashad Bateman was last week. Remember, the NCAA is doing these all on an individual basis. There's not a blanket statement here. So they're literally taking them case by case by case. Well, now they've decided Rondale Moore's case, he's back. And Moore opted out a long time ago. So obviously you are now wondering... What's happening with number eleven here? Now he's not on the he's not on the roster. You'll notice Micah Parsons is not listed on the Penn State roster. So if you're gonna go looking for that, he's not there. But you know, people didn't know that Rondale Moore had petitioned. There was no no buzz about the fact that he petitioned. And that's something you don't you know. You don't know whether the player is just etched in staying on the current path, or you don't know if maybe they petitioned a week ago and they just haven't heard yet. But Rondell Moore is the latest player in the Big Ten to opt back in. It's great for college football. It's great for him because after sitting out the vast majority of last season. He's, you know, he sat out two-thirds of it last year. Another year would help him. Again, I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. To me, the only way you can get better is by playing. And for him, he wouldn't have played. See, when did he get hurt last year? Beginning of October? So are you talking about October as three months? It would have been twenty-two months for him between games. Who? That is a lot. That's too much time. All right, we'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Fall is here, and just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now is the 
best time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC comes through. 2020 Kia Serenos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages and drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate fall in a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Penn State made the transition yesterday, moving from what they call skill instruction to preseason practice. So here we go. Uh, Kicking into the gear. And uh, in four weeks, a little bit more than that, You've got Big Ten football back. question will be, will you end up getting Pac-12 football back? They are meeting about that today. Will you get Mountain West football back? They're meeting about that today. Mid-American Conference football, they'll meet about that tomorrow. Basketball, by the way, is already into its... Eight-hour-a-week preseason routine. They get to officially start practice full bore on October 14th. Tonight we'll hear from Carolyn Keeger on the Penn State Coaches Show presented by Pepsi. She'll be on the first half hour talking about the rebuild of the Lady Lions. And in the final half hour, look, we've gone from James Franklin in the opening show, overview. Second show was the defensive coordinator, Brent Pry. Last week, it was the offensive coordinator, Kirk Shiraka. Tonight, we'll talk special teams with Joe Lorg. So in this month alone, you should have a better rounded feel with the answers given by four different football coaches about the overall team and the respective units. And we'll kick it into gear and be more, a little more specialized next month. Then we'll get to, once we get to the games, James will be on every week. That's how it works. But uh, hopefully uh, you're getting more and more out of it. Joe Lorg is a great guy to talk to. I like Joe a lot. And then Matt's doing TV tomorrow night. We got Sealands Grove tomorrow? Yep, Sealands Grove, Shaboken on the TV on SEC V8. Who are you working with? Uh, Matt Gertie. I've done some games with him before. He's one of our regular uh, color analysts. Good. And Bella right. Ricci is gonna is our new sideline reporter this year, so it's the three of us on the call. I remember last year, I think it was a playoff game where somebody's umbrella was blocking all the action. <laughs> <sighs> I think Just, I remember that one. I mean, I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I think I said, to you, "Where did they find these people?" Good question. Hey. <sighs> They want award winners. <laughs> All right. So that's what we have coming up tonight. So I tell you the story the other night. So I'm out playing golf the other night. I finished up right around, I don't know, 
It's pretty close pretty close to like seven thirty. Like maybe twenty five after seven. So I hung in the parking lot three extra minutes. And they said uh, and there's a group of four students there and they say, Check out the sky, look at that moving star. They go Oh wow! Wow! I said, "Yeah." So you know what that is? They said, "What?" I said, "That's the International Space Station." Which it was. It really is cool to see it. I mean, it's not like it. It looks like it looks like it's a star moving across the sky. So I pointed it out to the suit, and. It, that's how he missed the Shikolemi touchdown this season because he was looking up at it. I was like, no, no, not now. <laughs> he worries me. Does he worry you? Sometimes, yes. Well, sometimes. How about every day, man? Might get a glimpse of it at 823 tonight, but it's very low in the horizon. I'll have to All try right. to remember that. No, no. Oh, I've got one. I can tell you where where it is the next 10 days. 